Welcome into Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, Adam Burrish and I sit down with Assistant General Manager of Player Development, Mark Eaton, to look at not only what the current crop of young players on the NHL roster are doing and in his work with them over the last few years, but who's next? Who's coming up through the pipeline in the next group of young prospects for the Blackhawks? Plus, we'll look at the crucial three-game set against the Nashville Predators this week, what it means for the playoff picture, and more. All that coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Everyone loves a hat trick. Well, your local Chevy dealer has a hat trick to get your attention. If you're in need of a new vehicle but don't want to visit a dealership, check out Chevy's shop. Click and drive. Shop online 24-7. Take delivery at home. It's simple. It's seamless. It's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive today. Shop, click, and drive. Drive what Canaan Taves drive. Welcome into Blackhawks Insider. Carter Baum, Adam Burrish with you once again this week and Burr, we uh, we spoke with our friend Colby Cohen last week, got his first game on the call on Saturday, and what a game he was uh, on hand for. A 4 nothing shutout over the Detroit Red Wings. Malcolm Subban, 29 saves in that shutout, his second of the season. Uh, Vinny Hinestroza, three assists, the third win in the last four games for the Blackhawks, and, and things are really starting to, to click again um, for this team over the last week, week and a half. Yeah, Subban was great. Uh, Coach Jeremy Colleton was real complimentary of him after the game. Uh, anytime you throw a, you throw your number two backup goalie, I guess you could call him, um, in, it sometimes is for a spark. You know, you have a little bit of a stinker the game before. The team played well, just couldn't couldn't get anything through, couldn't find goals, couldn't find a whole lot of shots on net. And sometimes you just throw a, you throw your other goaltender in there, it kind of wakes guys up a little bit, like, hey, let's go, let's let's get this guy a win. He's been he's been battling, and so. That was the. I think it was a smart move by Jeremy. Just a little fresh start, and it certainly woke the guys up a bit. Gave them a, a, a kind of a new grit and grind, and um, it was it was a dominating game. It, it was one the Blackhawks needed. You can sense that that they needed that game. They weren't going to let another one slip, uh, and they played really well. And how about Vinny Henestrosa since they got him? Just a point machine, energy guy. You talk about a guy that came over here and wanting to somewhat resurrect his career. Well, he he's done that so far. Nice uh, primary assist on a four check on the first goal. A nice little saucer backhand pass on a two-on-one, I mm. think, on the third. Uh, and then he added his third primary assist of the game on the uh, empty netter from Pew Suter. So quite quite the game from Vinny Hinnestrosa. And it, I think that energy uh, is exactly why the Blackhawks wanted to pick him up again and, and bring him to this team because you can see what kind of that work ethic can do when you combine that work ethic that he has with some of the skill, especially as some of those players around him. I mean, it's a, it's a great combination with the system that the, the team likes to play. Yeah. He plays the way Jeremy wants these guys playing. And I think it's neat too, as a, as a fan and especially people that are you know from Chicago fans of the Blackhawks, he always talks about, you know, my hometown team, he says, and I think that's pretty neat. And, um, that there's an extra percentage that you're going to get out of a player when they've got their friends and their family and everybody, their hometown team and their friends watching and you want to produce, you want to play well. I remember hearing stories, Vinny saying he was in the crowd when we won in 2010, watching the parade go by and 
now he's playing for the Blackhawks and playing with all some guys that he grew up watching. So uh, he's been a real spark plug for this team, and he, he plays the style that, that Jeremy's kind of instilled this year in this team, and uh, he's been a real bright spot. We touched on it, the uh, the third win out of the last four games for Chicago. Uh, an important time to start really feeling that confidence, Burr, because a three-game set against the Nashville Predators this week, by the time you're listening to this, uh, game one will already be in the can on Monday night. But as we sit here Monday afternoon recording the show, this is about as big of a week as you're going to find in the in the schedule this season. Not only do you have three games against Nashville, a team that you haven't been able to pick up a, a win against this season, uh, they're two points ahead in the playoff race. But when you look under the Blackhawks uh, in the Central Division, the Stars are one point back. They have four games against Detroit, of course, at the bottom of the standings. Detroit's been playing well, though, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think, Burr, by the end of this week, we're going to know uh, a little bit more about this playoff race in the uh, Central Division. Nothing's going to be over or decided in full, but this week's going to go a long way uh, when you look at the next three and a half weeks of the of the season, the final three and a half weeks, I should say. Yeah, these will probably be three of the three of the toughest games, too, for the Hawks. Just the way Nashville plays, I mean, think back. Gosh, for the last 10 years, it feels like Nashville's always given the Hawks a tough matchup. They clog the neutral zone. They always have great goaltending. They defend well. It's just, it's a tough matchup. Um, so these games are going to be taxing. They're going to be hard on the guys' bodies. You know, emotionally, obviously, everybody knows the standings as a player. You know where you are. Um, but every inch is going to be tough out there and it's going to be, it's a playoff game. And, you know, you've heard the leaders of the team say that for the last month now, I think the guys even said Kane gave a speech a couple of weeks ago to the guys in the locker room saying, these are do or die games. Every game is do or die right now. We have to win. It's kind of like run the table uh, if you want to have a chance and that's the mindset. So it'll be, it'll be uh it'll be a fun three games to watch. You touched on it a little bit, but what does Nashville do so well? It seems like, especially this year, the Blackhawks have had trouble not only getting offensive zone time, some quality chances, but then when they do get in, they can't UC Saros in the three games he's played the Blackhawks has given up a total of two goals on over a hundred shots, I think it is. I mean, this is a, a Nashville team that just really shuts things down on the back end. Yeah, the last couple years or you know, go back four years when they were in the Stanley Cup final, they had higher end defensemen, more offensive defensemen they have now, and a few more higher end forwards too, maybe the higher end skill now they play like the Blackhawks play. It, it's kind of a, almost a, a spitting image of that hardworking, gritty, defensively, they want to just swarm you and they want to close on you quickly. The way you hear this coaching staff talk a lot, their back pressure is really good. Forever they've been good in the neutral zone where they just don't give a, give a lot up coming through the neutral zone. You always see them close on guys. and um, It's always been a tough team to get through the neutral zone on and with different coaches, they've still played that same style. And so you're going to see a team that plays like when you see the Blackhawks playing really well this year and that energy and that back pressure and just that relentlessness and hard on the forecheck, hard in the defensive zone, that's how Nashville plays. So it's who can do that better, who can create a turnover in the offensive zone, who can create a turnover in the neutral zone to create an odd man rush to score off of. And that's going to be the difference. I want to, uh, before we get to today's guest, uh, a great chat with Mark Eaton, who is the assistant general manager of, of player development, really a pivotal role in, in the makeup of this Blackhawks roster this year with his work in years past with some of these young players. But before we uh, transition, I want to take things away from the Blackhawks for just a second, Burn. I'm going to toss this on you at the last second because uh, on Monday night, as the Blackhawks are facing the Nashville Predators, uh, Patrick Marlowe 
your former uh, teammate for a few years out in San Jose is going to have uh, quite the feat of his own. He's going to pass Gordie Howe for the all-time NHL record in games played. And uh, I know you didn't spend a ton of time uh, with him out in San Jose, but you got a firsthand glimpse of, of Patrick Marlowe out there. What can you say just about the the incredible player he is? I mean, he's played almost 900 games in a row. We just celebrated Patrick Kane's 1,000th NHL game, and Patrick Marlowe has that almost consecutively <laughs> in just his career. But uh, just uh, an absolute legend, a first ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt, but uh, an incredible milestone on Monday night for uh, Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, no kidding. I played with him for three years in San Jose, and um, at the, I, I had known he had played, it felt like 5,000 games. He never missed a game, never missed a practice, optional practices. He was always on the ice. I remember, you know, us fourth-line guys, we always wanted days, you know, it would be an optional skate. If the good players went out, that means the third and fourth-liner guys had to go out, and he would always go out. So we're like, Marlo, man, take the day off so that we don't have to go out there because if Relax. you're out there, we got to go out there. Relax, man. Um, he was always out there. He was in incredible shape. He always showed up to training camp uh, as one of the fittest guys in camp, um, which is why he's been able to play so long. So, yeah, I, I didn't realize that, you know, you don't think that, you know, these records of these legends of the game, you're thinking, God, that'll never get broken. But playing with him, he never missed a game. He was always, always out there. And all oh, most games all time in the NHL, it's pretty, pretty incredible record. These guys that play seven, eight, nine hundred games in a row, or whatever he's at now, and that, that that's that's sick to play eighty two games in a row yeah. in a season. It's almost unheard of now. He's been doing that for like ten years in a row. It's it's uh it's pretty incredible. I think if I saw it right tonight, not only will he hit one thousand seven hundred sixty eight games played overall. You know, yep. close to nine or more than nine full seasons, more than Patrick Kane. And we, we've done a lot of talking about his incredible career thus far. Imagine nine more seasons than that. But I think tonight will also be uh, the 899th straight game for him. So almost 900 games in a row without missing a beat. Uh, like you said, just just an incredible feat. And, uh, you know, passing Gordie Howe, you know, an all-time name in the NHL, one of the best players of all time. Uh, that's got to be an, an incredible accomplishment and uh, what a night it's going to be for for Marlowe, his family, someone who spent nearly his entire career with one organization. He had a brief stint uh, away from the team, but just uh, an incredible accomplishment and all due uh, accolation to him. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a crazy, crazy. I, I can't wrap my head around it still. Just <laughs> What did you say? What was it? 900 games in a row now? Yeah, nine. I think it'll be eight ninety nine tonight. Nine hundred games in a row without missing a game. You, I mean, if you look down his stat sheet on NHL.com, it's just 82, 82, 82, 82, You know, forty eight for the lockout shortened season. Eighty two, yep. eighty two. Like it just it goes on and on and on. Just every single game possible. Uh, it there's just no words for it. It, it mm -hmm. takes an incredible amount of discipline, amount of work on your body. I mean, Burry, you guys, you know what playoffs some don't of these count players, either. Yeah, play that doesn't even go into the that playoff even, game. That doesn't even go into that. Yep. But I mean, you know what it takes for guys to take care of their bodies, especially nowadays in such a fast-paced NHL. I mean, the amount of work that this man has to put in off the ice to to do something like that is uh, just just unfathomable. Yeah, especially the, the way the games change now too. With this, but I, I guess for for young players that if you want to play and play a long time, you got to be able to skate. You got to, and he's always he's been one of the elite skaters in the NHL for forever, and that's what allow has allowed him to play, you know, into his forties, 
uh, is the skating ability. And that hasn't gone away from him. He can still absolutely fly deep knee bend, just flying down the wing. Um, so if you want to play in this league and play for a long time, you got to skate. You got to be able to move. Well, we'll switch things back over to the Blackhawks now. We'll send it over to Mark Eaton, who, uh, Burr, an incredible conversation, someone who kind of doesn't maybe get a lot of recognition behind the scenes. He's promoted to assistant general manager before this season, but uh, someone who's played a pivotal role uh, in not only where the Blackhawks are at now, but where they will continue to go in this uh, organizational kind of rebuild, retooling that they're going through. Uh, he's had his hands uh, on the games and the development of every single young player on this roster over the last, I think, six years in the organization. Uh, he's He deserves a lot of credit for where this organization has started to go with some of these young players and uh, what you're seeing exactly on the ice this season from countless rookies and, and second-year guys. Yeah, what is, you know, what does player development mean? It's, it's he's on the ice with these guys. Uh, he goes to Rockford. He'll spend time before or after practice with the guys. And then you got prospects in college or in Europe. Uh, or in juniors in Canada, and he may, you know, this year not, but in other years you travel, you go and see these guys play, you may be going down on a practice with him, you see him in the summer, you, they come to Chicago, you spend time. Now they're doing Zoom calls with their draft picks in Germany or in different countries in Europe. You're watching a game, then afterwards you get on the phone, you talk with them, and and you give them some feedback on the way they're playing and maybe what's going on here in Chicago and things um, that they want to incorporate into their game that the Blackhawks are doing. Um, so that's the, the work these guys do. It's, it's, it's nonstop. It's, there's no off season for these guys either. Once the regular season stops, now it's getting guys here for prospects camps and getting them on the ice and helping them with their training. And it's, it's, it's year round. And these guys do a pretty incredible job. And, and, and Mark's a, he's great, great at what he does. Uh, he was a great player, won a Stanley cup with the Penguins in 2009. Um, so the Blackhawks are lucky to have these kind of guys around and Mark does a real good job. We'll send it over now to Mark Eaton. We are joined now by one Mark Eaton, who's the assistant general manager of player development. And uh, Mark, first off, thanks for joining us today, giving us some time of of your day to not only look at some of these players who have really contributed, the young players on the Blackhawks NHL roster, but also give us maybe a sneak peek of what's to come down the pipeline, how some of the other prospects are developing and uh, a wide array of talent across the organization. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, always, always good to be with you guys and talk some hockey. So, looking forward to the conversation. Burr and I were just talking about the crucial stretch of games the Blackhawks have this week. Three games against the Nashville Predators. Uh, I mean, the playoff mentality doesn't get any stronger than this. This is truly a playoff series with a lot of playoff implications this week for the Blackhawks. But in your mind, Mark, I mean, how? How crucial are games like this, games where everything is on the line, every single minute of every game matters? How big are these in terms of development of some of these young guys and the uh, ever-growing uh, importance of every single game that passes? Oh, you said it. I mean, it's there's nothing more important for development. That We, we say it all the time. Uh, there's nothing we can do in player development or, or uh, manufacture pressure situations in, in practice, uh, you know, Burr will tell you, you know, nothing replicates actual game pressure, playoff pressure. Um, and just for these young kids to be able to experience this, uh, this early in their careers is, uh, it's great for their overall development. It's great for us as a staff, uh, to, 
you know, have the team in a, in a situation to where there are playoff implications on the line every, every time they place them up and, and step on the ice for games uh, down the, the stretch here with the last dozen games. So, um, you know, from a, from a franchise perspective, it's great to have the Hawks back in these meaningful situations. And from a, a player development perspective where we are such a young team um, with so many young players in the lineup, uh, for me, uh, that's more valuable than anything to, to have these guys get that experience because, um, you know, we hope to have them in, in these kinds of circumstances uh, for the next decade to come. Talk us through, Markers. Uh, give fans a little insight into you know the start of the season. We heard a lot about how it's going to be a developmental year. There's going to be some young guys get some opportunity. Um, and I think to a casual observer, that may be like, oh, gosh, we're going to have some guys in the lineup that, you know, it's like a, a pick a ball out of the sky and this guy gets to play tonight. Here's a jersey. Come on down and play. Uh, and it's not like that. How do you determine – who gets to play tonight? Uh, this kid comes from Rockford. I mean, I, I guess I'll use, we had Wyatt Kalnick on the show and all mm -hmm. of a sudden he comes in and gosh, he's done a great job, scores a goal again the other night. How do you evaluate which one of these young guys when there's an opportunity or somebody gets hurt, who gets to slide into that spot in a developmental year, but also, Hey, this team's trying to make the playoffs and can make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's the highest level of hockey, the NHL. So it's, it's merit based, you know, it's who's, who's playing the best. Um, you know, when it comes time for a call up from Rockford, uh, I know, I know Stan and Jeremy, the coaching staff talks to the staff in Rockford to see who, you know, who's had the best, uh, last couple weeks, who's progressing well, who deserves a chance. Uh, so it's, um, you know, it's important that our young guys know, uh, just, just because you were uh, drafted here, drafted there, uh, that that doesn't necessarily matter. It's uh, you know how it is. It's a, what have you done for me lately kind of league. And if you're if you're not performing, you're not going to get your chance. So it's all about uh, being ready for the opportunity uh, when the opportunity arises. Uh, so it's um, you know we kind of the, the mindset that we just talked about with these meaningful playoff games playoff type games down the stretch uh, we try to uh, manufacture the same mindset in Rockford for these young kids to know that someone's always watching uh, so you you, uh, you can't take nights off it's cliche but it, but it's so true and that's one of the last things that comes for for these young prospects when they're developing is just bringing it night in and night out because uh, that's ultimately to be an NHL or uh, you you can't have nights off you, you have to bring it every day so uh, that's that's where we are, and that that's uh, what these guys, what the young guys have experienced this year. Uh, it's been a, a real productive year, I think. Amidst the numerous uh, unique challenges to this season, one of the things that I think has always been interesting, right from the minute that uh, the taxi squad was kind of implemented this year before the season even started, was how do you find that balance, uh, especially on a team like the Blackhawks that are focusing on that development this year, you want young guys playing games, whether that's NHL, AHL. There's some value, though, to being a, around the NHL team on a daily basis, practicing, getting the NHL coaching staff working with you in a one-on-one -on -one balance. I mean, how difficult or how unique is that from your perspective, trying to manage that development of a player with the taxi squad kind of being this kind of middle ground where, yes, you are 
with the NHL roster, but at the same time, you're not getting maybe a game every single uh, week or every you know two games a week to really continue that development. I mean, it, it's got to be a very unique situation. It is. And you, you use the word a couple of times. It's just been a balance. and That's what it's been all about. We're we're pretty fortunate in that our, our American League team is in the same state. So we're able to, to shuffle those guys back and forth um, easier than, than some of these other organizations that have a, a farm team out of state. So, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I think experience and playing games is, is first and foremost. And the, the more game action that these guys can get at either level uh you know for me I, I prefer i'd prefer our young guys to be playing in the american league as opposed to being on a taxi squad but it this is a one-off this is a unique year like you said and, and for these young guys to uh to be around the locker room to be around these greats and kane and keith uh to start to learn the culture and what's expected uh of them from from the coaching staff up there uh that that is a valuable step in uh, in development so uh you know we look at it as we've uh you know kind of killed two birds with one stone this year where we've had young guys that um you know may not quite be nhl ready but they've been around the team they've uh they've started to learn that culture but they're also getting the opportunity to, to play pro games uh with rockford so uh, i think I think Stan, Jeremy, uh, Derek King, the, the coaching staff on, on both teams have, uh, and like I said, uh, management has done a good job of uh, kind of doing that balancing act to uh, to make sure the guys are getting the, the game experience necessary for development, but also uh, getting getting the taste of that that NHL culture in the in the Blackhawks dressing room. Who are some guys now, um, the Blackhawks fans that may have not heard their name yet, but maybe they're in the taxi squad, maybe they're having a great year down in Rockford. Um, who are some names that may be ready to make that next step or that we may see in the lineup here uh, with the Blackhawks at some point that maybe we're not real familiar with yet? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of the guys that have spent some time on the taxi squad have gotten at least a handful of games or so with the Hawks. Uh, you know, I know, there's been probably 10 or 11 defensemen, young defensemen that uh, have been in and out of the lineup and whatnot. Uh, Kalanuk most recently, Ian Mitchell started the year, a uh, little glimpse of, of uh, Nicholas Baudin. Uh, so, uh, you know, those guys are uh, names that I think fans have seen. Uh, but, you know, even guys that haven't had any time on the taxi squad, you know, you look at guys that, from this year's draft class, like a, uh, an Isaac Phillips is, has really played well in Rockford and he really for all intents and purposes should still be playing in the OHL. I mean, he's that young, but he's, he's stepped right in. He's played with confidence. He's, he's been so coachable and, and he's improved each and every day that he's been there um, from the t- time things started in uh, November, December. So um you know, and, and guys just coming out of college, like a Josiah Slavin has uh, stepped right in and, and done well at the at the professional level. Um, Mackenzie Entwistle had a, had a brief taste. Uh, he, he's spent some time on the taxi squad, had a game or two with the Blackhawks. Uh, I feel bad trying to pick and choose names, but uh, yeah, right. and those are those are just the names in the pros right now. We've had uh, 
a handful of prospects that have had stellar years at the amateur levels uh, that, that will be pros in, in the next couple of years that uh, will definitely be Blackhawks in the future. So um, the, the cabinets are getting more and more full and um, you know, it, it's been fun, been fun working with these, uh, these crops of young players. You touched on, uh, you know, Wyatt Kalnuck and Ian Mitchell, the numerous blue liners that have uh, the young blue liners that have really started to make a name for themselves. We've seen, gl- seen glimpses here and there, but what is it about kind of this this rookie season? I think we saw Ian Mitchell have a strong start to the year, maybe hit a little bit of a, a lull, a little bit of a wall. He went down, played some games in Rockford, like you were saying, important to just keep playing games there. But even when you have an opportunity like that, that provides a chance for Wyatt Kalanick to step into the lineup on a regular basis. He's got nine straight games under his belt now, a pair of goals most recently on Saturday night. I mean, how nice is it to kind of have that rotating group of guys who are going to continue to develop, but even when one maybe can go down to the AHL, another one can step up and play right in the lineup, and the the team itself doesn't really seem to, to take a step back. Yeah, I think that is crucial. It's a great point. It's kind of kind of strength in numbers and that uh, the, the, the group of them is helping each other develop because like you said I, this being such a unique year that it is it, it's uh i mean it's game after game and and the the wall that you kind of alluded to that with ian mitchell um you know it's hard enough when you go from a 40 game college season to a 75 85 game uh professional season that, that's such a huge jump it's double the games it's double the intensity you're playing against bigger stronger guys and that's in a normal pro schedule when you when you're not playing every other night but here these young guys coming in at the start of the season and, and a guy like Ian Mitchell he's just been playing game day off game day off and there's been kind of no time to catch your breath um so and that's a big part of for young defensemen and rookie years is, is having that time between games to, to sit down, watch some video, uh, assess your play, have a couple days in practice to work on things, iron some things out. But that really hasn't, hasn't been an option this year because of the way the schedule is. So it's, uh, I think it's been great, like you said, to have guys that can um, come up and, and step right in. Like you mentioned, why Kalanuk, Nick Boden's done the same thing. Uh, to give Ian a chance to to go down to Rockford and uh, kind of take a deep breath and and reassess or or assess the the first 25 30 games that he did play in the NHL and and reflect a bit on it and uh, and get a chance to work on some things uh, down in Rockford. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's been very beneficial and and um, you know to have those guys that can uh, uh, filter in and out it allows them all to uh to develop more properly mark i always get interested in guys um paths that are finished playing you played in pittsburgh the islanders nashville philly he went a cup with the penguins in 09 how do you end up in chicago now the assistant general manager of player development can you can you give us a little insight into your path and how all of a sudden you end up here in chicago um coming coming from all these other teams yeah, I mean, it's kind of an example of uh, timing being everything. Uh, you know, I, I, my last year playing was 2013, but I, you know, when that season ended, I, I wasn't really dead set on hanging them up. But then when, when the off season came and the 
the phone exactly wasn't ringing off the hook. But I kind of saw <laughs> the, the writing on the wall. <laughs> I saw the writing on the wall and, uh, you know, figured maybe now is time. Let's, uh, let's give the kids, the family, some stability. They, they were set up in school. Um, so instead of moving them around, uh, with so much uncertainty, uh, figured I would just kind of take that, that first year off after playing and, and figure things out. But, uh, and I don't know if you experienced this, but it was, you know, when, if I made that decision in October, it was come Christmas time of that year, you know, I was just beating my head against the wall, bored, missing hockey so sure. much. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta find a way to get back into this. So I, I started reaching out to some former teammates that were in ma- managerial roles or player development roles at that time. And, um, you know, Tom Fitzgerald was great. Who's now the GM of New Jersey. He, he was, um, lived in the Boston area and anytime he was going to games, uh, he, he welcomed me to, to shadow him and just pick his brain. And then that kind of started getting my foot back in the door. Um, and then really just, just sent out emails to GMs that I had played for. Um, and really nothing came of that. And, uh, randomly sent, uh, sent an email to, to stand more just asking for advice. Um, you know, what, how, what would you advise a former player looking to back, get back in the game? And turns out there was a, uh, a player development coach position uh, for defensemen that just opened up. So uh, it was uh, really good timing. Yeah. You mentioned uh, a player development coach position. It's kind of how you, you got into it. I'm very curious because, you know, we've had her on the show, you know, once or twice before Kendall Cohen Schofield. She is in her first year as in that development coach role. She's a little bit more unique where she's still playing uh, at a very high level, representing uh, Team USA right now even. Uh, she's in a, in a hybrid role with some fan development as well. What has it been like having someone with with her pedigree um, and really a very similar age to some of these players, these young guys in Rockford, come in and, and what has that brought to the staff to have someone uh, with – a very unique perspective on the game in her own right to help develop some of these players. Oh, she's been fantastic. And, you know, you, you know what they say is you, you always want to hire smarter than you. So th- that's definitely the case with Kendall, <laughs> you know, what, what she brings to the group and uh, uh, just her, her work ethic and her energy. You just, you mentioned a handful of things that she's involved in and, and, none the least of which is uh, her still playing and and actually uh, I think with the, the team USA training camp right now so the just everything that she has going on and uh, you know she's uh, just brings so much to the table and and like you said with uh, the the age being in her 20s being far closer to these guys ages than uh, than myself or I'm not going to throw Eric Hondra under the bus he's <laughs> he's a little younger than me too but, um, and just still being in the game. I mean, I'm, uh, what, eight or nine years removed from playing. So technologies change. Uh, there's ways of thinking about the game that, that, um, change from year to year. And like you said, she's still in it. She's still living it. So, uh, she, she brings ideas to us. She brings ideas to the prospects and, uh, it's just, from our standpoint, player development, it's just been a, a tremendous fit. She's been a, a great addition to, to our group, but uh, more so to what she's been able to bring to our prospects. Burke kind of touched on it a minute ago. You, you, He's asking kind of what the next name in, in terms of Rockford and um, some of these players on the cusp. You, you touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. what have you seen from some of the college European 
Um, not not a ton of juniors being played right now, but you know the junior level mm-hmm. as well. What are you seeing from some of these players? I know Lucas Reichel has had a, a great season overseas. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser made some made some headlines uh, in the college hockey tournament. I mean, what are you seeing from kind of that? Uh, not the very next generation, but maybe the the group of crop of players right underneath them. Seen some uh, some great things. Very encouraging, positive. Um, you know, I think the the future is bright for the, the names that you mentioned, and and some that you didn't. Uh, Lucas, being the obvious one, being our first rounder from last year, uh, has had a tremendous year. Uh, you know, speaking with with Kendall, with Eric Condra, he's been fantastic to work with. He, he's he's a sponge. He he just wants information. He he's so coachable. Loves feedback. Um, and, and, you know, he's just, he's been a joy to work with and you, you've seen the progression throughout the year and they, you know, they talk about so often just what a, what a smart player he is, you know, the, the high end hockey IQ that he has, which for me, if, if you're going to pick an asset in a young player, that that's the one that gives a, a young prospect the, the highest ceiling is that hockey sense. And he has it in spades. So I'm uh, really excited to, uh, uh, see what he brings, um, you know, next year, uh, assuming he's going to be over here in North America. So excited to see that, that transition. And, uh, Wyatt Kaiser, you, you mentioned as well, had a tremendous freshman season. Um, you know, and, and it's not, it's not easy to go in as a freshman in the NCHC, which is arguably the, the best conference in college hockey. And, uh, you know, he went in there as a, I think ended up being the loose number one defenseman and he uh, already has a lot of pro attributes, plays a pro game. He's a competitive kid. He, uh, you know, defends really well. He has a, an uncanny ability, although he doesn't outweigh a lot of players, he wins so many physical battles. Um, and again, another one that, that has, has that hockey IQ to him. So uh, two exciting prospects there and, you know, don't want to leave out, the, you know, what Landon Slagger did after the world yeah. juniors, he took off, um, you know, our recent, most recent acquisition and in, in Hedrick Borgstrom, we're, we're really excited to, uh, uh, you know, we've worked with him over the last week since we traded for him and, uh, you know, excited to get him back over here to North America. And, um, cause you know, I, I got to see him play a couple of years at Denver and he, uh, he can be a difference maker. So we're, we're confident that, you know, we know that's still in him. It's, it's a matter of, bringing it out on a consistent basis and we're confident that confident that's what he's going to bring to the Blackhawks. So, um, yeah, just, uh, a, a few guys of many that, um, you know, that are in the pipeline right now. Get the sense that you have a lot of fun doing your job, rattling off yeah. a lot of these young, talented <laughs> names. I mean, wow. What a, what a position of, of, uh, strength you're coming in with this, uh, just a very deep, prospect pool for the Blackhawks. I mean, that's, that's gotta be a lot of fun to kind of wake up every day and get to talk to another rising talent. And whether it's in Chicago or elsewhere, we've seen with the trade deadline last week. I mean, these guys, there's a lot of potential in in the system right now. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And it's, uh, you know, it's a testament to, to the prospects themselves. I mean, they're not all prospects or, or, uh, you know, joys to work with and, and that we haven't had many of those guys so the, the fact that our prospects are coachable that they uh they want that feedback that's uh that's what makes our jobs fun you know we, we love it when it's a two-way street uh you know we're not ones that just want to 
listen to ourselves talk. It, it's great when our, our prospects uh, absorb what we're uh, talking to them about and they, they ask us questions and they, they genuinely want to learn. So that, that really is what, what makes it enjoyable. And then a, a year like this year where you see a lot of the guys that you've worked with over the last handful of years making that jump to the NHL level and, um, and performing fairly well at the NHL level. So it uh, gives you a, a little bit of kind of fatherly pride when you see that happen. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you as a player, Carter, the Blackhawks are lucky to have a guy like Mark. He was tough to play against. He was, he was always gritty and you win a Stanley cup and you're a young kid and you get to learn from him. They're pretty lucky. So thanks for all your work too, Mark. And these kids are lucky. to. I appreciate that. Thank you. Keep Thank up the you. great work and uh, we'll let you get back to work. Cause as you said, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of young players in there. So I think maybe got a couple of zoom calls. We'll let you get to, uh, to later today, but uh, we appreciate yep. it. Plenty of those. <laughs> who, who thought the, the, as little tech savvy that I have, I'd be a, a pro on, on zoom right now. You're but, a master. Uh, that's, uh, that's the world we're in now. Well, it's been great talking with you. We appreciate the time, Mark, keep up the great work and, uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you again here soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Great talking with you. That will do it for this week's episode. For Mark Eaton and Adam Burrish, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Tate drive.